0: is the driven women's guide to love life and business hosted by the boss ladies, Alex and Gabby combined. Their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to girls gone boss.
1: Amy Hayes notes what it's like to be a multi-passionate person with tons of ideas from artist and interior designer to freelance writer to web designer and now business coach. Amy uses everything she's learned along her journey to help other entrepreneurs narrow in on their best idea and build a business that allows them the freedom they crave without the overwhelm. The global creator name is the English translation of her now-retired travel blog, Caratrice Mondiale, which no one could remember, never mind pronounce. It started as an online boutique launched in 2016, and when people started asking her for help with websites and branding, she launched a sister company called the Global Creator Studio. She pulled her sister, Katie, in as her business partner, and what they found is that before business owners needed a fancy website or a big branding package, they needed to figure out exactly what they're doing. The sisters created the GC Method, their three-step process that helps other entrepreneurs beat shiny object syndrome and focus on one idea or one goal so they can form a strategy, streamline their business model, and start taking radical action now. Welcome, Amy. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you? We're
1: good. Hey, Gabby. Hello. We're so happy to have connected with you.
2: Yes, I'm so appreciative and excited to be on the podcast today. So you have a really interesting background. You lived like all over the world. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of bounced around a bit as all my visas expired. So, um, so that's why you started moving from place to place. Yeah, because I was on student visas, things like that. So the whole story starts. I was an art major in undergrad in Florida, in Orlando, and I wanted a practical application for those skills. So applied for interior design in London. So I looked at all the schools in the Northeast. And I was like, well, what if I went to London? That's different. That'll stand out on a resume. And so oh, I had a- I doesn't to... want to live in London? I know, right? Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. So I got a one-year student visa to do basically like their equivalent of a graduate degree and um, a graduate diploma. And once my year was up, my visa had expired. I didn't really have a way to um, extend it. So, but I had a friend there who had, she was British, but she'd worked for Saatchi Advertising in Paris for a little while. And she's like, you should go check out Paris. It's fabulous. So I was like, why not? Sure. So I found another program there to like round out my Did interior Did you know design. anyone in Paris? Nope. Didn't oh know anyone. Gosh, that's scary Didn't speak though. French. <laughs> but I found, the school I found taught classes in English. So I was like, it's fine. You know, I can do a semester there, kind of round out my interior design education. I ended up staying for three years. And going after that, like I was trying to get a working visa, like transition from student to working visa. And it could just, it just never happened. So It's hard. Really hard. They make it hard for you? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. So they actually rejected my visa renewal and gave me 30 days to leave the country. So I was like- What happens if you don't like leave within those 30 days? You. you know, honestly, like you can just pop it down to like Switzerland or the UK and like just get the stamp on your passport. Like oh, okay. lots of people do that. Yeah. Cause you just have to like, you're allowed to stay for I think up to 90 days and then you have to leave. So you could do like that in and out. But for me, i was just like, oh, it's not really worth the hassle. Um, and so I ended up down in Australia because I'd met some girls on a sailing trip around the Greek islands and they were Australian and they knew I had visa issues. And one of them just kept inviting me down. She's like, come down. You can stay with me. Just come check it out. That's really like, cool.
0: Yeah, okay. You wow. Like literally live. <laughs> That's really nice.
2: Everyone's <laughs> stream.
0: I know. Dream. I know. I know. <laughs> like having friends all over the world yeah. that just invite you over.
2: Yeah. Cause I just like, you know, you go start somewhere, then people move and, you know, they invite you more more places. So you're like, yeah, cool. I, I honestly say like, For that period of like almost 10 years, the majority of my life decisions was made in like a combined 30 minutes. I'm just like, yeah, okay, let's do it. You know, figure it out. You're going with the flow. Totally going with the flow, just following like that next step, not really thinking too much about like the future. Cause it's like, I'm going to go to Australia for three months, but I landed. I, she was in Canberra, which is like Australia's capital. It's like their DC. So it's more like a district than a big city. But I just applied, like I sent out, emails and my portfolio for a six week internship, just pitching design agencies and landed a job in Melbourne in like the first two weeks Great, and stayed the year until my visa expired again. I had to move again. Well, the nice thing about you living all over the world is
1: that living in, in those places, you, it's so easy to travel to other countries uh, and I'm sure you've experienced a lot of different cultures. Yeah. How has that influenced
2: you into the person that you've become today? Oh my god! Like it gives you such a confidence because like you can get drops. Like I always feel like I did it in baby steps. Like I started in London. They speak English. It's very like you get off. Yeah, that's a safe place yeah. to go to. You get out of the tube stop. There's KFC and Pizza Hut right there. Like, right. You're good as an American. And then you get a little bit more adventurous and a little bit more bold until you get to the point where like you can be dropped in Thailand or China and like you can't even read the writing. And you're like, yeah, I can figure it out. Like a subway is a subway. I'll I'll sort it out. And so it just like instills this confidence of like yeah we have obstacles we're going to have good days bad days but we get it done. And like there's this whole excitement. But let me ask you
0: something yeah. when you decided to leave I was listening to a podcast called Expanded with Lacey Phillips which mm. I love. She always says that we have to have a fuck you fund. A fund of at least three to six months of uh, income that you can save so that way if you're unhappy with a job or unhappy in a relationship or you want to make a drastic trip to London Mm -hmm. you have the funds to like back you up to pay your bills. Right. Did you have a fuck you fund?
2: Yeah because I would come home every summer and work with an interior designer in my hometown in Florida. Very small town but so I worked all summer and then I'd come home for Christmas breaks and so I would come like, you know, re cash up and then go back overseas and be like, okay, because in school, those visas, you're allowed to work up to 20 hours a week. So if I needed to like, just go get a bartending job or yeah. something like that, like it's not hard. So, yeah, um, cause it's important to tell the listeners like, yeah, you're going to, you went,
0: but you had a, you had a backup plan. Like oh, it wasn't yeah. like you went on, Oh okay, I'm just gonna yeah, I'm going to go to
2: Australia. Right. Right. Yeah. Like when I got there, it was with the intention of I'm landing, I'm looking for work. I had a working visa. Um, for them it's called the working holiday visa. And it's relatively easy to get jobs there like they're not always glamorous they're more like temp jobs but they pay the bills they pay the bills and yeah so it's really really common and that's one of the things i think when you step outside the united states is that there's a lot of people all over the world doing this model and it's totally normal. Like landing in Australia, funding your travels by like working in like one of the guys that lived in the the hostel that I first stayed at, he just was like sticking stickers to boxes. He was like a, not a doctor. He was something like professional back in the UK, but he was just making ends meet. You... Mm-hmm. You work a job like that in one city. You save all the money, then you go travel. Then you stop at the next city. You pick up another job like that, and like you can get registered with temp agencies that place you in these positions. And it's not a huge obstacle versus like landing and trying to get a full. That was where the problem was like trying to get a proper full time job to actually transition into that like, like actually visa. living there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The temp jobs easy to get. Full time jobs. That never quite worked out for me, (laughs) but you know, that's all right. And then what? What did you decide to do once you were in Australia? And yeah, so let's see, I'm trying to remember the years. I probably left Australia in 2013 and I came back to Florida. I was here for about a year and a half. And in that time, I got into the digital space and that's when I launched my travel blog, Creatrice Mondiale, which I couldn't come up with any fun names in English. So I used the French, which no one can pronounce. And, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we were trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I butchered it. That was a (laughs) A common. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was that, but that was really, I was using as a design portfolio to try to get jobs in interior design back here in the States. But what happened was, is that it introduced me to this whole digital world. And so I was doing travel blogging and brand partnerships and like that whole influencer um, track. And I had one more shot at a visa and I was able to get a working holiday visa for New Zealand. And so I went to Auckland at the end of, let's say like October, 2014. And I landed, I got a temp job. I was just doing like hospital admin, but I was like, okay, next great adventure. And I just, I got there, I was 30 and I was like, I don't got it in me anymore. (laughs) I am tired. And I was like, I just started this whole thing at home with the digital space. And I was writing for magazines and all this stuff. I was like, the, the call of that adventure wasn't, Like I had, I had things that I was leaving behind this time. It didn't align this time It didn't align. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I stayed for about a month and I was like, okay, never mind. I came back to the States and that's when I decided to move down to Fort Lauderdale in Florida. And um, I kept my online stuff going. I worked with a travel agency here as the creative director for about a year. And then I transitioned the Creatrice Mondial name into the Global Creator brand. Which is also a great name. Yeah. It's the... English translation. Yeah, so it, like I could not have picked that, right? Like it, it just worked out, and like, and then you know all the URLs are available and all the social media. Handles. Be. Exactly. I was like, this was deigned by the universe. This is how it was meant to be, and it was just you know a little bit of a path as it always is to get there. So tell us about how you started the Global Creator Studio,
1: and yes. then all the type of services that you offer clients.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the Global Creator Studio came was really born as a sister company right. that I've co-founded with my actual sister. sister. <laughs> <I like laughs> but it's a, yeah. It's a sister company to the Global Creator, which was an online boutique that I launched first. And But what I found was that people really needed help with their online platforms. And so, I build all my own websites. I do design, all of that. So, the Global Creator Studio in its first iteration was a web design and branding agency. And then as working with people and talking with more entrepreneurs, we realized that before they need the big fancy website and the polished platform, like they need to know what they're doing. Right. They have too many ideas or they have a lot of ideas. I won't say too many, but there's a lot of ideas floating around and they don't know how to execute all of them at the same time, or they end up trying to execute too many of them and then they end up burned out. So we shifted from web design and branding into business coaching About, let's say, October of last year, so 2018. And so now my sister and I are both coaches under the Global Creator Studio name, and we help multi-passionate entrepreneurs sort through all of those ideas and create a clear strategy that can allow them to grow a brand without being completely buried by their own thoughts. So Mm -hmm. how do you focus and execute?
1: Because we do all have a lot of business ideas, but you need a lot of focus in order to make it work.
2: Yeah, I like to invite people to create what I call an ideas bank. And so you just write everything down. It's a massive brain dump of just like, here are all of my ideas. And every time that you have a new idea, like put it in the ideas bank, like make a little deposit because that way you're not going to forget it. You don't have as much pressure to feel like I have to execute this now. Like, let me drop what I'm working on so that I can do this idea before I forget it or the, the timing's not right. Like, if you have it all written down on paper, then you can start to see like where the overlap is or where like, this is a great idea, but maybe this will apply a couple years down the road or whatnot. And then you just withdraw like one or two ideas at a time and really focus on testing that. And using that feedback, like I always say, make your decisions based on results and actual data rather than from that emotional place, because a lot of us get distracted when like, okay, we're trying an idea, we hit the first roadblock, and then instead of just allowing that roadblock to be exactly what it is just a natural part of the process, we take it as a sign that we should try something else or this is the winning idea, or maybe that one's the winning idea. And then before you know it, you're spinning in circles and you're trying to execute like a dozen ideas and you don't know why you're tired. That's so true because like whenever Gabby and I have ideas
1: like she'll tell me about it or whatever, but we write it down. Like yeah. she has a little notebook. I do it on my phone. And then you circle back to those ideas and mm-hmm. then you pick one out. Sometimes the ideas that you have are great ideas, but it's not always the right time for that idea. Right. Exactly. And you need more time to
2: develop it or you need the right time to happen for everything to align. Exactly. Exactly. And if you have that, like, you know, that resource of it written down, you don't have to waste the mental energy in remembering.
0: Like right. they're there
2: for you. Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere. They're probably going to shift and evolve and that's okay. But also being aware, like if you write down all the things that you're currently trying to build or execute or bring into reality, like you might notice that you you are actually trying to build 10 ideas right now. And then you go, ah, that's why none of them are getting very far because like, how can you when your energy is so scary? We only have so much time and So energy. then after writing those ideas, then mm-hmm. you should prioritize. Prioritize. Yep. Yep. And a lot of that is, you know, digging in deep and figuring out like, what is that in alignment? Like, how can, like, if you, I like to encourage people as well to create a future vision of themselves, like however far in the, in the future you want to go. And it's not so that you can, you know, just put it on a vision board and forget about it. But this is the end result that you're going to be measuring all the ideas that you test against. Like, is it taking me closer to that vision or is it farther away? Is it aligned? Is it not? Because that's what I found with the online retail boutique was that the reality, even though it sounded like, oh, it's an online boutique, I should be able to run that from anywhere in the world, the reality was I was shipping all the orders, I was handling all the stock, all that stuff. So my priority for having a location-independent lifestyle, when I tested that idea, and even though I launched a whole brand behind it, it didn't take me closer to that bigger vision for myself. So testing the ideas is how you figure out the how of getting to the vision, but you use that as like the guiding light. So when you're writing your ideas banks and you start to sort out the reality of what it's going to be like to execute these, you can decide, is it taking you closer to that vision or is it not aligned?
0: Hmm.
2: That's so interesting. (laughs) I
0: kind of want to test to see like, Okay. Cause like our vision is obviously to make this into like a thriving business with yeah. like revenue stream. So then in that sense,
2: like what should be the main vision? So um, like if you want to, like, if your vision is to be, you know, take the podcast on tour, be able to continue to do the interviews in person. So you're not going to do something that's going to require you to be in one location, like for, as a revenue stream. So say, okay, maybe you could do, vendor-sponsored pop-up shops everywhere you go, things like that. Like, how can you take make it a nomadic-based business model so that you can take it on the road? Right. So what was that, like what ideas can fall under that category versus like, well, if we set up a shop in Miami, you know, something that wouldn't allow you to be so mobile. Got it. It wouldn't align with the it main vision, Yeah.
0: which is touring.
2: Yes, Got exactly. It. So yeah. So you're going to have a lot of ideas, but then if you really sit down and think about them deeper, like what is it going to take to execute that and be like, okay, that's going to require a lot more. You know, I can't do that on the road, in the car or on a plane or something like that. Then you know, okay, maybe that's not, that's not a good idea for right now. Again, put it in your ideas bank. You don't have to scrap it, but it's not going to be the first thing you execute. Perfect. I, I,
0: it it makes sense. a lot of light. Yeah. It <laughs> makes a, <laughs> lot a lot of sense. Treat. So basically everyone listening, you need to focus on the vision, the main yeah. idea. And from there it will trickle down all yeah. the action points. Yes.
2: Yeah. You're going to figure out how to make that vision a reality or how to step into that version of yourself. And, and that's, what's going to be the, the main criteria that you make your decisions from. Like for me, I want freedom, freedom lifestyle, location independence. I want to be able to book a plane ticket and spend six weeks in Europe and still be able to do what I need to do from there. I tried travel blogging, but that requires me to be on my phone all the time on social media, I don't want that in my lifestyle. I want to be able to put my phone down at dinner, you know? So that wasn't aligned, even though it ticked one of the boxes or a couple of the boxes. So a lot of it, you're going to figure out by trial and error. But if you have that greater vision of, your life and yourself and what your like day-to-day looks like then you know when something fits and when it doesn't
0: that is actually great to also (laughs) put it into dating
2: yeah absolutely (laughs) you know i always bring it back to dating (laughs) that's also like a good one to like test in your dating yeah 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 everything i mean that's why i always say It's, it's like a big massive science experiment like Driven by data, and as long as you know like what the final result that you want is, you can figure out the how of how to get there. Because it's not going to probably be the first thing you test, or the first few dates you go on, or you know things like that. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so every every single business owner, we 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 struggle with the question of Are we doing this right? Yeah. Am I doing enough? Yeah, like how does that impact your confidence and motivation
2: to continue if you're always doubting yourself? Yeah. I think a lot of the doubt comes from, like, we do compare ourselves to other business owners online and we're looking at like, oh, well, this entrepreneur has built this, 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 and this, and they made it look easy. You know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and we don't know all the failures that everybody had to get there because it's not publicized. It's not sexy put out on social media. probably should be. But um, knowing that part of it is going to suck. Like it's probably going to be 50-50. Like there's going to be some really good times and you're going to have some big wins and the next day something might happen or like the algorithm changes or something that just makes you want to give up and like cry in a corner. And just embracing that when you feel like you're not doing enough or you feel like you're not doing it right, like what's what's the deeper thought that's driven that driving that? Like is it is it because you've been looking at somebody else and comparing yourself and you're thinking that, okay, I'm, I'm struggling. So therefore, therefore it means that I don't have, like, are you making it mean something about yourself? Like, I'm not cut out for it. I'm not good enough. This other person is obviously better. Like, look at their following or their, you know, like looking at somebody else's surface level. Like we don't, again, get to see the inner workings of someone else's business. And um, yeah, it's like, it's stepping into the, okay, this is hard. It's hard for everybody and hard doesn't mean that something's wrong because that's what happens. It's like when something I gets think that's hard, where the growing pains are, absolutely right? because we make it mean something about us. So something gets hard and then we say, Oh, well it's hard for me.
1: Sometimes you also want quicker results. It's not about absolutely. comparing yourself, but you have to
0: follow the journey and sometimes it takes time.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. But you
0: know why I think it, it it's, it's, people are impatient now because of social media. Like people think that because there is those cases where like entrepreneurs all of a sudden blow up off of Mm -hmm. like just Instagram or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes it does genuinely take time. Like in the like real world, it does.
2: Yeah. Or you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. Like, are they spending 12 hours a day on Instagram? And that's why they hit 10,000 followers in three months or whatever, you know, metric that you are trying to do. And again, that's when you go back to that greater vision and see like, do I want to spend that much time on social media? No, I don't. So that's not something that I'm going to try to, that's not an idea that I'm going to do. Like, you know, um, all the techniques for engagement on Instagram, all these things they can, they really can take up a lot of time and it's, they're hard to keep up with. And so I think like having that pressure of like, I have to be doing, doing, doing all the things that this expert, that expert, and the other expert said, and then like, we can't keep that many spinning plates in the air. And then when they inevitably crash down, we make it mean like, oh, we don't have what it takes. We're not hustling hard enough. We're not, you know, we're not meant to be an entrepreneur. We should just give up. I'm not doing it right. But when should you know, like,
0: okay, I'm not getting results right away. Like, when do you know, okay, I need to move on from this or I should continue?
2: Yeah, that I really like people to look at data. Like, keep a spreadsheet, test an idea, test it for, like, let's say a couple weeks. Okay, I'm going to try this strategy. I'm committing to two weeks of this. Let's write down all the numbers, all the results, and then we're going to look at it. Like, am I making progress? Am I getting no progress? Is it stagnant? what are the variables that I can test but then once you when you put it in that equation format you can start to look at at it more like a science experiment it's okay a plus b you know gave me c result if i don't like the c that i'm getting then i can tweak a and b and you can look at it you can make those decisions more from a pre-planned data-driven place than an emotional like i'm not doing it right i'm having a meltdown i, I don't i'm not cut out for this like let me scrap my, ent- likes my right, business or right. my product scrap my entire business and try something else or go back to corporate you know whatever it may be like you can do it based on actual numbers
1: how long should you be giving? Because sometimes I think that two weeks might not be sufficient. Yeah. What's like the cutoff? Like, okay, I've been trying this a year already, and I'm not really seeing any results. I've only grown so much. How do you?
2: How do you know? Like, it's. It's like enough is enough. Well, that's where I think like if you do break it down into yeah. those smaller increments, like if you're actually tracking all Got of it. your metrics, like, okay, I had X amount of conversations in this By two weeks. Exactly. Okay. Like if you're looking you might be surprised if you go back and like let's say you have one spreadsheet that said, All right, and I wouldn't track things like, you know, followers on Instagram or things like that. Like, how many conversations are you having? So how, many, exactly, yeah, how many engagement? Exactly. Or how many engagement is much better than yeah. the likes or
0: followers. Yeah.
2: And, you know, phone calls, how many, you know, client meetings are you getting? How many events are you pitching? And how many of them are inviting you? Like the the metrics that actually move the needle and not just give us the dopamine hit of, ooh, someone likes me. Like those are the metrics that we look at to know whether or not the strategy is working. And if you're tracking them more often, and like you might feel like in a year you haven't made any progress, but if you go back over the actual data, you'd be like, actually, I made... 30 new connections and I made X amount after I did this speaking engagement. So now I know like if I want more results, if I want to amplify that, I need to do more speaking engagements or I need to do more workshops. Like you can look, like some of my clients, I have them look at six, like a six month time period in their business. And you can identify patterns and say, okay, the months that you did more workshops or more outreach of this strategy, your month, your revenue was really good. The following months when you maybe like buried your head in, in the work, Things stagnated, so now we know like where her time or somebody's time is best spent to continue to, to grow. And like, all right, so when you're ready to outsource, let's say you want to hire a VA, something like that, you know what tasks to give them so that you can spend more time in the the ones that are producing the bigger impact for your business. What's so
1: sad is that a lot of people get so fixated on the followers, like mm-hmm. how you mentioned, because they feel that if they don't have enough followers, and they're not being taken seriously, or right. they won't be taken seriously. Right, and that's not the case. Yeah, You can totally build a business based off of just pure engagement with a lot less followers than having a million followers and no engagement.
2: Absolutely. Like I know so many entrepreneurs that have like, you know, if you're looking just at Instagram, like a thousand, two thousand something followers, but they're multi six figure entrepreneurs. Like it does, it's not connected. And I do think there's more awareness coming to that. So like, it's the same thing when you have, you know, a couple hundred followers and you're like, well, no one's going to take me seriously because no one likes me on social media. And um, that's not the case. I think, I do think that there's a growing conversation where people are opening up to the fact that the follower count doesn't um, speak to the value of- The brand. The
0: brand, yeah, exactly. I think that's super interesting because we we sometimes get caught up in that. Like, oh my God, we're not growing a lot. But what you're saying is for us to just really focus on engagement. Engagement is where it's at. Yeah. Even like for for brands to be attracted to you, like Mm -hmm. they're going more into the micro influencers because they feel like there's like more return rather than like the big ones that there is no engagement.
2: Right. Because at the core of everything, like the way business has been done for eons before social media was relationships. And if you can use like, yes, social media is a super powerful gateway to build more relationships, especially without that barrier of geography. Like say for me being a traveler and I have contacts all over the world and I can because of social media, but it's all in what I do with those relationships. Like, am I forming more meaningful contacts and connections or am I just worried about, okay, I'm going to like four photos and then leave a Comment on the fifth one and hope they follow me back. And if they don't, I'm going to unfollow them in two days and then refollow them in four days. You know, like oh, all the oh, that's a lot of work. Yeah, like all yeah. the growth hacking. You know, because it's empty. And I think the energy that that brings to how you are showing up in your business is not as powerful as when you're showing up genuine, genuinely and saying, this is me. I would love to connect with people, vibe with people who wants to grow and collaborate and connect and do Yeah. This I think
0: it's key collaborations. Even mm-hmm. for us, we've done a lot of great collaborations with yeah. some local kick-ass women and it has really, obviously amplified you know our our followers and not even just followers just our network and it also has made us I think people want to see like who's behind the brand and has made us like human and relatable and um, like when people hear us they kind of want to know like okay yeah they're, they're 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 hosting a show on a podcast but what do they do what do they want so like Mm -hmm. on the weekends or what is it their life like i think people want connection with people that they can
2: relate to yeah my one marker for like any way you show up and like let's say you're hosting a marketing campaign or whatever it may be like make it fun like if it's not fun there's no point like no one's going to want to connect with you there's no like And it's just, why wouldn't we want to make business more fun? Like, what if we made that the priority instead of trying to hit some sort of like random metric that's pulled out of thin air? Right. Like, how fun can I make this for anybody who's interacting with me? Like, yes, I'm the leader, I'm the party host, but how can I make this so enjoyable that people want to come back for more and then they tell their friends and then we get to have an even bigger party the next time and it just makes business feel so much lighter and you don't have to mess with all the like you know, following a step-by-step strategy, you know, all these things, you can kind of let the pressure of doing it right go away. It's like, as long as everyone's having fun, I am doing it right. And I'm enjoying myself.
0: So you're saying we shouldn't pressure ourselves with numbers. Like, I mean, you, you mentioned that data, which is important, but like the followers and the likes or. Yeah.
2: I think a lot of it is, is, um, operating from a place where you're not attached to an outcome like, obviously we're in business, like we're making sales, we're trying to hit, you know, we are trying to hit certain targets and things like that. But if we're not putting so much value on the outcome so that if we don't hit it, we make it mean all these things about ourselves, right? then again, you can operate from a place of fun, lightheartedness. People are going to be attracted to that.
0: Yeah. I think it's concentrating on having genuinely great yeah. content or great product, whatever it is that right. your services are. Right. Right. I think that's where the key is. And then they will come.
2: Right. Yeah. Like really genuinely helping people in whichever aspect it is. It's the same thing if you like hosted a party and you're all like upset and you're like, well, only a dozen people showed up. And like somehow it makes the dozen people that showed up not matter as much. And they'll feel it. They'll know. Yeah. So like, again, like, okay, maybe you wanted 20 people to show up. That's fine. Those are your numbers you're looking at. So you're like, okay, next time I want 20 guests, but I, I made an incredible experience for the 12 that did show up this time. So what can I tweak next time to try to hit the 20? Right. But there's not so much like. Pressure. Yeah. Like doom and gloom. Yeah. Like, over oh that my God, number. we suck. Or like exactly. you have to stop and. Yeah. You take, throw it, it the in the, the garbage. Yeah. yeah. It's just, at that point, it's just math. There's, it's, you can tweak the the formula, the equation, so you can see, you know, what that gives you, but there's so much less drama involved.
0: Wow. That's awesome. I think that, that lessens the pressure. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Honestly, it does.
2: What
1: are some tips that, you know, you can give us or give the listeners to committing
2: to radical action yeah. and seeing it through? Yeah. Because radical action is a concept that my sister and I came up with to keep you moving forward, even when it sucks. And just, um... Like we like to create, we have a 30-day action plan freebie that is basically helping you form micro habits. Like- Every day, like put something on, like if you have a goal for the end of your 30 days, like let's say you are hosting a party, you want 20 people to show up. How can you reverse engineer that in no more than like two, maybe three actions a day to try to get you closer to that goal? So as you are going through each day and you're taking just two to three things off your to-do list, you're building the habit of, yes, you keep your word with yourself. You, You follow through on your actions. You're building small momentum. You're getting small wins and you're creating a habit of following through. So that's what the radical action is about, is just making it doesn't have to be these huge gestures or these huge campaigns. It can just be like a small, like, Take that inch forward every single day until you get to where you want to be. And if 30 days wasn't enough time, okay, what can you do in the next 30 days to change the outcome? Or does it, is it going to be a 90-day campaign that just took you longer? And you didn't know that because we are all guessing. When we start with that first equation and that first goal, it is a total crapshoot. Like we don't know. No one knows.
1: Well, that's how you have to start.
2: Yeah. So you start with one, let's say hypothesis and you test it. And then you, as long as you don't get to that place where you didn't hit the goal and then you're so deflated that you take the whole next week off and you just can't really even be bothered to do anything because you're stuck in this, I'm not doing it right. I'm never going to be able to do it right cycle and keep moving forward with those. Okay. It's hard. This didn't work like I wanted it to but there's no drama involved. Like that's fine. It's just, my math problem is a little bit off. It needs to be tweaked. But so what can I, what actions can I keep taking to continue to build that habit and that momentum so that when you do look back a year later, you're like, these are all the things I tried and I have all these results to now analyze. That's a great concept
1: where you said it's a freebie that you and your Mm -hmm. sister have. Where can people find that if they're interested? Yeah,
2: we have it. Um, I'll, I'll send you the URL. I think it's studio. I'll put it on the, yeah. no, the show notes. Show that notes. would be yeah. great. Everybody will love that. Yeah. And we have a Facebook group called Business Without Boundaries and the link's in there. So there's the questions to join and it gives you the link to... Talking about the party.
0: I just yeah. fixated <laughs> on like the getting the 20 people there mm-hmm. and then the micro habits that you would have to create in yeah. order to get that right. So uh, just to put it into perspective for our listeners and for myself. So that would mean like every day I would create two to three goals to get me to those 20. Yeah. So it could be like, okay, I have to get in touch with at least 10 people and tell them about the party so that they can come. Right. Um, I have to promote it and maybe boost the party on social media, like the invite right. or whatever. Um, and then another one would be something else. So, yeah. That would be yeah, kind of so like the let's idea. Let's say if
2: you wanted to reach out to 10 people, like you could say, especially because the the beauty about this is that some people, there aren't like if you're a real go-getter and you're like in the habit, like 10 is nothing to you, cool, do 10s. For some people that are totally overwhelmed and don't have time, like that feels huge. So just do one a day, like start wherever you need to, to build the habit, basically to... To prove to yourself that you can follow through and that you can put something on your to-do list and trust yourself to get it done.
0: I think it'd be a great idea to impose with both of us, like maybe like a weekly uh, micro yeah. habits for the podcast. Like, okay, this week, this is our goal. What do what are, what are you need to do? Three things you need to do. Three things I need to do for the yeah. week. I think okay. that would be cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Because then it can be like, okay, Monday it's you outline interview questions. That's your, your thing. Then the next thing on Tuesday is to confirm with guests, you know, whatever it may be, those look like so that those small steps are broken down into very bite sized manageable to do's right. tasks that are easy to t- t- tick off the list. And then you're like, Oh yeah, look at this. I'm ticking all these things off the list. It's fabulous. And you're building a habit. You're building momentum and it's not, the same thing is just putting launch podcast on the to-do list. It's not as overwhelming exactly that way when you break it down. Yeah. yeah. As I say, people are at different levels. Like if, if, you know, publishing regular blog posts, for example, is really easy or being engaged on social media is really easy. Like their goals can be a little bit bigger than somebody who finds that a little draining, but wants to test that strategy to see if it works. Like they might start at a much lower Ask much lower small win for themselves.
1: Making lists is so important. It really mm-hmm. holds you accountable too.
2: Um, we're lists. Mm-hmm. We are spreadsheet list nerds. Yeah. We have <laughs> lists for everything. Yes, we do. And a whiteboard. That's my my. If I was going to tell anybody like one magic tool for your business, like a big dry erase whiteboard. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best. I think I just came up with like three pillars that maybe
0: we can focus already? on. Yeah, Girl, <laughs> I'm doing work here. Okay, so I think we can focus on like key actions, micro habits mm-hmm. for different pillars. And it could be like, okay, how to grow engagement. Mm-hmm. So we create little micro habits to keep growing our engagement in right. social media. Then um, podcast of the week, meaning all the tasks that we have to do for that podcast that we have to release, which we already know. Yes. We already have it have very it clear mm-hmm. of like our mm-hmm. roles in that. Yeah. Um, but that's a to-do list. Yeah. Um, and then connection making sure yep. that we're connecting with people collaborating yeah, yeah. i you think know i, know I mean? have to work more on that yeah. cuz i'm not
1: so i'm not i'm not as social I don't have a, a big social presence on social media. Yeah. I kind of hide behind I'm it. the same. Gabby, <laughs> Gabby is great at it, but I think I need to come out more of my shell and like
2: share a little bit more. Yeah. About especially
0: in our, on our platform, which is Girls right. on Boss. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Because as for Mike, with my sister and I, like we have such different ways that we approach business and she's very behind the scenes. Like she's the one, and like she even uses like aggregate the data. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. She has a background in anthropology. So oh. she's all, about like facts. Yeah. Gathering the data, analyzing for the patterns, the behavioral, you know, all of that. And she's real good with all the, you know, email marketing, all this like systems that go on back behind the scenes. And then I'm more of like, I'll jump on the Facebook lives and do all the front facing content and all of that. So between the two of us, we got to a point where like. I stay in my lane. She stays in her lane, and we are both operating at our best and comfortable. Space. Exactly the stuff that doesn't feel so hard. And there's no reason for us to overlap. So, um, and same like if you guys have the three pillars, and you create, did you like them by the way? Yeah, that's great. Because <laughs> what the thing that made Approved. me think of as well was that basically when you write out your to do lists, you're writing out systems on how to execute this that one day you can just hand over to a VA. And just say, it's done. You don't, there's no like massive onboarding training and all that. Like, here's the checklist. This is exactly how to do the job. The exact description for any time you bring someone on, like the work's already done. You're doing it. You're living it. You've tested it. You've tweaked it. And so when you get to that point, it's easy to bring someone on. So you also have a podcast. I do, yes. Share that with it's us. A baby News. Fellow podcast. podcaster. Yes. So it's the Business Without Boundaries podcast. And on it, I really I like to make it a party. Like I have entertaining conversations with experts that I've connected with on social media, proving that it is possible still to make friends on social media. It's so possible. (laughs) Yeah. And so I've made some great connections with people that are coming from all different angles with different expertise. And we just get on and just chat about not only their area of expertise, but also just like the journey of being your own boss and how they got into it and, um, yeah, like the, the roller coaster that we're all on, because I think one of the big misconceptions, again, is when you look at somebody who's farther along on the journey, you don't think, like, oh, they have it figured out. They don't have the ups and downs. And the reality is, is that we absolutely all do, no matter what level we're at. So kind of peeling back the curtain. Yeah. And
0: just being real about yeah. the, like, the journey. Because yeah. if we base it on Instagram and social media, everything looks <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. There's it's the tons of real. filters and happiness. because. Yeah. I particularly don't want to put like all my struggles on frontline no. but but we all struggle. I mean yeah. and and this is the platform where we keep it real as much as we can, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Because it's not re- it's not all like Glam and glitz and
2: yeah, like where's the interesting story behind that? I probably take a cue from the French, where everything's so like dramatic and yeah. yeah. There's so many doors that have been closed. Yeah, that's where the richness of life and experiences is, is in those challenges and finding out how people have overcome and and different perspectives. So like, yeah, I have guests on and then I talk about my concepts that I like help clients with, so that it can be used as a bit of a teaching platform as well. And yeah, it's it's. Fairly new, so we're still just seeing how it's going to unfold, but having a lot of fun along the way. Yeah. I'm very
1: excited for you. Thank you. Yeah. It's a
2: fun journey. Yeah, it's been, yeah. again, you know, i have to do the same mind work on myself, like keep it fun. And if there's certainly weeks where I like feel like we're on fire and everything's fabulous and there's weeks when like, I'm not inclined to do much. So knowing that I'm in the trenches, it's okay. exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right there next to everybody. And even if I'm a little, have a little different experience than like, say the clients that I help and maybe a little bit different perspective, but like we are all on the same playing field. And what day does your podcast um, premiere on? It came out. Do you have a set date? I've been doing it on Tuesdays, okay. Tuesday mornings. And I want to say the first episode came out July 9th. Okay. So, so, so it's business without boundaries. Yes, business it's without boundaries. Yeah, it is. Thanks again. Yeah. It just fell into place and like all the URLs, all that's available. Are you <laughs> are you
1: available on all um, podcast platforms or just yes. Apple Podcast? All podcast platforms great. right now. Okay, yeah. good. That's great. We have to take a listen. Yeah, yes. thank you. And then you have, besides a global creator agency, your yeah. blog, your travel wellness blog, yeah. right? The global creator. Yeah. I went through it and it's so cool. You have so many cool curated things from all the places that you've yeah. traveled. Which what you sell. About. Yeah.
2: Yes. Right?
1: Yep. Yes. That yes. bag is really cool. The one Thank that you, you from the picture.
2: Yeah. So that so when Creatrice Mondial, when I decided to turn that from a travel blog into a company, I created Global Creator Productions. And so under that is the Global Creator, which is the travel, retail, travel-related goods side, and then the Global Creator Studio, the sister company, which is now turned into our coaching company. So the global creator is, yeah, it's where I really wanted to tap into that travel lifestyle. Like all those years that I spent living overseas and then I came back to my home state and it's like, I did not want to lose that side of my identity just because I was back in, you know, living in my hometown or near my hometown. So I was like, okay, how can I still infuse this global perspective and this global taste into what I do? So, um, yeah, I guess this is probably where my background in interior design came into play as well because I curated the goods. They're travel related. They're from makers in countries that I lived, and that was just a really fun project to get off the ground. And it was all based on collaboration because I wasn't making, I was not manufacturing anything, right? So yeah, wow. So that's up, and uh, I yeah. like I like the fact that you're
1: doing. You have the 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 studio. Mm-hmm. You have the wellness and lifestyle travel blog. You have a podcast now. I like that. You're not afraid to do a little bit of everything. Cause a lot of people focus on just one thing because yeah. they're like, well, I'm only this, right? But you can be so many different things and it's totally okay. And you can dabble into all of your passions. Yeah.
2: And I mean, even going back, exactly. That's why we say I help multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Right. And I will say like, yes, it sounds like there's a, ton of stuff. There is work to do. Don't get me wrong. But I pulled my sister in as a business partner to help support me in this aspect of the business. She also has experience in retail. So once, and we don't focus on everything all at once. Like there's definitely ebbs and flows and like we have future ideas for the global creator retail brand that are shelved at the moment so like we are finding our own focus and like and of course we have to have meetings all the time and be like all right we need to whiteboard this out and like cross off about two-thirds of what we're trying to do because we're in the same boat as everybody else like figuring it out so that we can find focus have a balanced lifestyle because that's you know that's the key that is the key like Life balance. Yeah. Life, life balance. balance. I love it. I love, it. That, I love it
0: that now. you're doing it with your sister.
2: <laughs> it's been so much fun. Best best business decision I ever made.
0: Good. <laughs> so where can everyone reach you?
2: On Instagram, we are at the GC underscore studio. On Facebook, it's the Global Creator Studio. And we have a Facebook group, uh, Business Without Boundaries, where we are creating a community of other multi-passion entrepreneurs and of course the podcast business without boundaries and on our website personal your personal too my personal instagram is at amy lynn hayes a-m-y-l-y-n-n-e-h-a-y-e-s and that Used to be the travel blog one that nobody could pronounce. So I switched yeah. it to my personal name. But yeah, that's where you, that's pretty much the only place I personally hang out.
1: Yeah, it's great so that people can contact you if they want to Yeah, just get absolutely. To know you personally, absolutely. You're, you're
2: amazing.
0: Thank you. And you found out about us. Tell the story. Oh.
2: I think I found out about you guys through Instagram. Really? Yeah. How cool. Yeah, because, like, you no, know, I'm actually the one that runs the Global Creator Studio Instagram account. So I'm just always on there looking for, like, what are cool people doing that's cool? Like, I love, especially coming from a media background from when I was working with magazines, it's like, just out there researching. There's people doing really fun stuff all the time. And I love being able to connect with people locally. Like, that's rare in my world. And, you know, coming from travel, everybody's all over the place all the time. So, yeah. Oh,
0: that's amazing. Well, we're glad you reached out to us and that we were able to make this happen. Yeah, so glad we were able to connect. Thank
1: you so so much. much. Thank you for being
0: here today. And I can't wait to keep in
1: contact with you. Thank you, likewise. And I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Awesome, thank you. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss.
1: Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys.